Okay, ramblers, let's get rambling. Now where it is now, everybody wants a piece of the market. <laughs> oh my God, that is funny! I don't remember asking you a thing. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you? With all due respect, what the f*** are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? What the f*** is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. You represent the idiocy of today. I did not know that. English mother do you speak it? Are you listening to me? That's my together, my together. Nice personality combination. Hostile and intolerant. So that's, that's it then. No one else really knows anything. Well, hello everybody, Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tamal. Mr. Matt Byrne on the board of this chilly day in Chicago. Uh, mm. But uh, I guess it's supposed to get a little better this weekend. One last weekend, so whatever you plan on doing for the rest of your life or this winter <laughs> on a nice day, you better plan it for this one. Yeah. Do we have Mr. Uh, SB Futures uh, only up two and a quarter? And I say that because they were up like 25 or 30 last night mm. or this morning because we had a lot of good earnings. Um, talk about those in a minute. And uh, do we have Mr. O'Neill? We do indeed. Kevin, how are you? You do indeed. What is your story, as they say on the South Side? What is my story? I'm sitting in a uh, motel in Florida. Uh, well, that part's good. Where, it, where it's somewhat warmer than where you are, but not a lot. Are you not on Hurricane side? You're on the other side? I'm on the east side. Are you wearing the thong bikini you're taking to the beach? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a bad mental image, even to me. Oh, God. <laughs> let, alone, let alone to anybody else. <laughs> um, how are things in Florida, as they used to say on the floor? Well, I, I got down here kind of late last night, so yesterday was, you know, interesting odyssey because I had a, uh, um, I did some leadership training for a uh, client in, uh, in per- I was in Peru, Indiana, so then I shot down to uh, Indianapolis and jumped on a plane, and here I am. Kind of a world traveler. Did you step in and see Russell in Indianapolis? Uh, no, I, w- I was. Uh, I actually had just about enough time to get to the airport, so uh, nope, did not see Russell. Did not see Russell. Uh, I'll, I'll, you know, maybe I can track down Kenny down here. Um, he'll be happy to see him. I, one of the fellows I work with at one of the uh, firms we do business with uh, is in. Is he's trapped in Greece? Is uh, oh, that could hurt if it's hot. Is it hot? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what's Greece like this time of the year. But he's on. Yeah, yeah, that just went past. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I got, got it. Okay. Yeah, I got, got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he he his uh, wife had some um, deal with the company where everybody was going to be taken to Greece for some reason, and uh, I don't know if not everybody, but um, so all he had to do was pay his airfare, right? So off he goes. He goes to see a client in Houston. And he heads to Greece. Of course, he had to fly like Newark first uh, from Houston, and. Uh, He's over there, and now it turns out they, after the this, whatever the shindig was, they go to spend a couple of days on this island, right? Well, it turns out the island's airport, they won't let the plane in if the if it's over 30 kilometers an hour wind. So every day the plane has been supposed to come in, it's been like 32 kilometers. So the thing hasn't shown up. Well, now the plane is not scheduled to like the end, like the end of October, first November or something. Because while he's there, the extra two days, the 
the island sort of shuts down for tourism on October 15th. Well, guess what? It's now the 19th. <laughs> so so he's like, I said, are there any bars and restaurants? He's like a couple of places still open. So evidently today he's taking a five-hour ferry to Athens. He says it's only 90 miles, but they got to stop at four of the rounds. And evidently it's windy enough where it's pretty choppy. I go, I go you're going to be ralphing over the side of that thing the whole way there. And he goes, yeah, probably. <laughs> what a great vacation. Ah, uh, <laughs> vacation fun. Yeah, huh? it's just, uh, just you can't be, a, a you, National Lampoon version in here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't feed fun at the old ballpark, as they say, as Harry used to say. Uh, um, hey, uh, I want to get into uh, a little bit of the survey this morning I heard on the way in regarding whether people are happy with democracy. Only ninety nine percent of Republicans are happy with democracy, and not many not many more are Democrats. So it's maybe they maybe we finally agree on something. Uh, it does. I, I don't know. Well, well, you know where the the most basic disagreement in uh, um, in in, the, in society is, don't you? Uh, nobody likes anybody. No, well that that's 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 high on the list. No, we all stop for school buses when, when yeah. they put out the stop sign. Yeah, well, it's uh, maybe so. We do that. People pretty much pull over. uh, You know, overwhelming percentage of people pull over when an emergency vehicle is coming. Yeah. Um, Some somebody had a health problem uh, on the on the plane last night, and uh, and they were they were treating her. They you know there were a couple of doctors on the plane, so they were helpful. But they were treating her, and they asked us all to stay put until. Uh, uh, you know, when, when they uh, uh, got to the gate so that the paramedics could come on and take her out. And there was nary, you know, nobody complained. Nobody, you know, everybody was like, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's the thing to do. So I think there's there's some basic decency in people at a, at a very core level. I think there is, too. Um, and we could probably build a society from there. I think there is, too. I don't know how we, somehow we, we you know, we'll talk, maybe for a theme for next month, we'll talk about how uh, if... God, when I was in, I had to take one sociology class, I think, Kevin. And remember the survey back then is if, if you're walking alone and somebody's walking the other way and something happens to them if they fall or whatever, you'll you'll virtually always help. But if you're on a, a street in New York and somebody goes down, everybody walks by them because it's not uh, your I product. don't think that's true anymore. I think now they get out their phones and videotape it. Well, that could be too. Yeah, but you've been always in home. Um, anyway, I have, a, um, well, I, have all, I have all kinds of questions. My, my, uh, I should probably not use the term videotape either. Boy, does that Well, it's an old one, yeah. Record. Actually, you know, I'm actually throwing out some of my uh, videotapes. I'm cleaning my place up a little bit. I'm winging some of them out. I'm like, I probably got them on CD, and if I don't, I can probably get them somewhere <laughs> you know, on a, on a whatever, what do you call those things you stick in a computer? Do you uh, probably get 100 movies on one of those things? But mm. um, anyway, the uh, I, uh, I have issues with the economy, Kevin, and I have I have really trouble with, uh, if, I, if I wrote a book, boy, and if I did it, you know, you guys help. If I wrote a book, it almost, be, I don't know what the title would be. It would be like, wh- where did where did capitalism go? Or something mm-hmm. along those lines. I Whatever this is, whatever we're seeing now, I feel, if, if somebody had a, when in the OEX pit, if it was a tough day and somebody had a good day and traded well, I always congratulated the hell out of the guy or girl. I didn't, I said, you know, I had a good day, but you did better. Boy, you got that trade, I didn't get it. You know, congratulations. I mean, I, I never had any bad feelings for, well, maybe a few people, but uh, generally, I figured that the person who did better traded better or came in with a better position or something, I never, I never really thought anybody cheated to get ahead. 
I really didn't. I mean, there were, there were a few guys that were total bleeps, but uh, it, it was very rare. I mean, out of 350 people, I'm going to say I, I could have thrown five of them out of, out of an airplane, but that's not very many out of 350. Um, I wouldn't exactly throw them out of the airplane real high, just enough to scare them a little bit. Uh, you know, I, but, but just somehow or another, something is wrong with this world. I, I, don't, I can't put my finger on it. I mean, we have inflation problems where we know it's killing people in this country. Yet Procter & Gamble comes out and says, guess what, we've raised prices more than the prices to us, and we had a great quarter, and the stock's up two bucks. And yeah, it's, a good pro- it's, it's, it's the good for us part of it that gets you, isn't it? It's just, I mean, it, somewhere when things you are... Know, look, if you've got to raise prices, I, I get that people have their, their margins they're supposed to meet and, and all of that, but do you come out and say that in a celebratory way? And, and have the, well, the people on CNBC are performing you know, TV oral sex on the company, for God's sake. And, uh, and it's the same point with United Airlines. I mean, I to the, to the, to my dying day, I cannot I cannot figure out this relationship between this airline cartel and the government and the citizens in this country. I, I cannot figure it out. I mean, well, yes, I can figure it out. I don't understand why it allows to exist the way it does. We had 9/11, and we had companies that were in business for 65 years out of business in two friggin' weeks. They didn't build up any reserve, nothing. They give all the money either to themselves to, to the union to Boeing for paying too much for I don't know where it all went. So after that, you would you would think that hey, uh, once that happened and we bail these people out, or or they went bankrupt and screwed all their shareholders. Meanwhile, the people who run the place, a couple of them got fired, but basically are still there sucking on the, the tit of the government or something. And, and and now all of a sudden, it's been another year, and you could t- you could say, I think easily that the last before COVID, the last ten to twelve years has been the best the airlines have ever had. And they hit, I think I did a stu- study once a while ago, 80%, 70% of all the profits went to buy back stock. Kevin, they didn't buy one friggin' plane. They never show up to a plane with a check. They always got to lease it, leverage it, more money, buy the stocks back. I mean, Kevin, this is just well, wrong. I don't mi- I, hey, I don't mind them. I mean, look, um, I, I, I want to come back to a different but related thought on that. But when uh, hey, if they want to if they want to manage cash that way, that's fine. But it needs to be distributed to the shareholders. And I suppose the theory is that the buyback is all about creating uh, uh, stock. You know, adi- you know, uh, bidding up the value of the stock, which is such bullshit. Not setting aside my cynicism that it's set, it's bidding up the value of the stock for those who have options, uh, uh, option grants in their uh, as part of their compensation package, but. It, it is, uh, but but really, uh, the the issue is, hey, if if you're creating, if you're generating cash like that, you know, distribute it to the owners. That seems like a pretty simple well, thought, yeah, doesn't that's, it? Mm-hmm. Well, that would be the whole idea, in my mind. But 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 here's the thing, Kevin. If if any if any of this stuff was competitive, if we had ten airlines or if we had twelve airlines, I wouldn't care. The whole point, I mean, this, the whole idea of competition is. Or a capitalist society, there's supposed to be some competition in here, and yet what what do we have in every industry? What does Lou call it? A fascist system. We got what four airlines, right? We got we got United. We four got four majors. Yeah, lots of little ones floating around, but yeah, yeah four. So we have four airlines, four majors, and, and now they're like they're that. part of the fabric of society. So all of a sudden, we get the COVID thing. These guys have no basically capital uh, that they should have been building up over ten years. They don't have any planes they own. I mean, a few probably used ones they own. I shouldn't say none. And uh, all of a sudden now, 
they get $50 billion for COVID to keep things going for when things turn around. Yet when they turn around, they don't have anybody working there. Yet they got all this money to keep people on salary. $50 billion, Kevin. That's a lot of dough. And, and all of a sudden, now, yesterday, we're, we're supposed to be... We're supposed to be, you know, it's like we all took three three doses of Viagra. We're supposed to be sitting here gushing about United Airlines having this problem. Their, their, their seat mile, revenue per seat mile is up 25% from last year. <laughs> you know, duh. <laughs> that's that's kind of a real number, isn't it? <laughs> what Don't you think? But what, it could, well, a, a few more uh, quarters like that, it might start to add up. Yeah, I mean, so I don't, I don't know how, I, it's to the point, yesterday I was kind of a little bit on this rant. If a big bank who's paying somebody no interest while they're charging people 25%, if they have a good quarter, am I supposed to be happy or sad? I, I don't, they screwed us well. <laughs> I, I, it shouldn't be like this. I'm supposed to be cheering for these places because in a competitive world, if somebody does better, it's a good thing. In a cartel world, I'm not so sure that it is. It's like, do I really cheer the Saudis had a good year? I don't think so. And we're getting well, like you, that. And you, when you when you talk about the nose up the butt of government, where where is the where is the cartel? Where is really the control uh, of that industry? It's in the gates. Yeah. You know, if, uh, um, there, or, or, or land slats. If if we had uh, um, either more competition for gates, or um, or just more capacity for uh, gates for flights to, to come in and out of airports, we would have a different industry. Uh, but right now, the, the cartel is what government, you know, what uh, government-operated airports have granted to specific airlines. I don't think it's amount of gates. I think it's amount of gates that aren't. I let, well, it's been a long time, but no, time, gates owned. It, it, it's who you know who owns. Yeah, them, but they're not, they're, not, they're not being used. Like you go, you go out to Dulles. Last time I was there. I think I walked by 15 gates that have never been used. Maybe they are now, but uh, but I mean, or landing so, slots. And, and, and in a totally unrelated issue, while, while it pops into my head, uh, I, I would like to mention that the TSA people in Indianapolis are unfailingly polite and cheerful. Well, they haven't done anything in, in 20 years. They still have a job. But, you know, they're, they're, every other airport I go to, they're just a grumpy lot. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, so anyway, but but this this ties into what you were discussing yesterday about management class too. Yeah. Um, the 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 issue with the management class is you, you're right. It's very much about you know they haven't invented. Uh, it, it's it's not a group of people that haven't invented, but it's that we have built an economy that rewards uh, uh, finance more than it rewards. Um, uh, uh, innovation and uh, I mean, now it, it's not that it doesn't reward innovation. You can count the innovations, you know, and, and you can you can make note of them. And there are you know some very very notable ones. But in uh, on a broad brush statement, it, it isn't really even operational innovation. You know, to make yourself a better operation, um, you know, because so, sometimes innovation is about new products and really cool new things uh, that catch on. Uh, but sometimes innovation is about process too. Oh, I agree. And uh, and and in there, that that's you know we we have moved the rewards in in our financial system uh, to uh, accounting and finance instead of uh, or finance, how about finance and tax is probably the better way to put it than uh, um, than instead of operations and uh, and technology and I, I think you know that that's that's the big problem especially tax and this is one of the real downsides of our convoluted tax code. Um, that 
it, you know, it's it, it, it just that that's where you know that's where there's money, a lot of money to be made, and therefore that's where uh, a lot of the rewards are for who gets paid a lot. So if you can do buybacks, if you can do you know it, it, different kinds of uh, um, you know uh, 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 mergers and acquisitions, if you can do offshore and you do all that kind of stuff, that's where it goes. Um, uh, that you know that that's where the money is to be made, and so uh, we we have redirected talent in our economy to a uh, a very unproductive place. Well, look at uh, sort of on the same vein. We'll stay on the same theme. Look at this COVID thing in the last three years. Now, without going into God, I sure hope that a lot of what we see happens now is not because of the vaccines. I mean. I, I, I'm starting to see more and more evidence on that, Kevin, that you and Carl are coming up with, but I, I sure as hell hope it's not true. I, whatever. Cause, uh, I think it was the biggest uh, public uh, public health disaster that we will face. But, I, okay, I, keep going. I, That's a different subject. No, I, and I, you're right. is it all right if I, I hope you're not, I, I hope that you're not right? I hope I'm not. I'd love to be wrong about that. Mm. Well, but take a look at <clears throat> the guy who's uh, the Pfizer head. Just a little bit of history here. I don't even know the guy's name. I don't. I don't understand. I don't even care. Um, those remember during the COVID, one of the most, I thought one of the brightest things, um, when we were really worried. About, well, we're still worried about it if you, somebody has it. Uh, when we're really worried about it, <clears throat> and we're looking for a vaccine. Now, whether or not we should have been putting as much effort into treatment, I'll, I'll roll with you and Carl and say we should have been putting more effort into treatment. I don't know about as much, but whatever. But as anybody recalls, the Trump administration. I thought, I won't say brilliantly, but very intelligently, tried to front-run the whole system. And they gave seven firms, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, I mean, the list goes on. They gave them the equivalent of um, whatever it was, $20 a dose for 100 million doses. And I, I, I don't know where the sheet of paper is, but I remember the math. I'm sure I can find it someplace in an email to you or something, or you, or you sent it to me, whatever. Um, Everybody essentially the equivalent of twenty bucks for hundred million doses. So what is that? Two billion dollars, um, essentially. And the, the firms that wanted needed money up front for research, like four or five hundred million. Some of the ones were smaller. Uh, they got ten to twelve bucks for the dosage, and they got the rest for research. And the ones that were big enough and said, "Screw you, we got our own research," like Janssen, Janssen, some they actually got twenty bucks a dose. So the idea was. We got seven firms <coughs> competing for this vaccine. Somebody's going to come up with, or a bunch of people are going to come up with good ones. Hopefully, they'll work. And the day they do, uh, if they if they get approved on a Tuesday of Thanksgiving week and on Thanksgiving Day, we can we can start giving people shots. Kevin, I thought it was absolutely. I mean, I'm not big on using government for that kind of stuff, but in that situation, I thought it was stone cold brilliant. I honestly did. With all the rest of the money that was being lost around the place, it seemed like you know that 14 billion dollars was 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 right to pay. Whether it could have been 12, you know, I don't know. But but, but follow me here a little bit. Now, <clears throat> the job of the guy at Pfizer, because they were close first, I mean, his job as an executive from that day forward, in my opinion, became nothing more than sticking his nose as far up the ass of government as he could, because once they got the first <clears throat> emergency treatment to make sure nobody else in that group, maybe one more to make it look good, uh, was able to do any of that stuff, and for the next three years, virtually everything was Pfizer. And we never, some of the other ones, once once somebody got an emergency uh, approval, hey, you don't need five emergency approvals, do you? Let those other guys go all the way through. Whatever it was, 
his job was to make sure they made a fortune on this. The only way they could do that was being so tight with the people at the CDC that they were standing on each other's toes, like in the, the natural. And you know what? He succeeded 100%. Now, that's that was his job. Whether his shit worked or not, who cares? <laughs> it is. But I guess, and not only that, to this day, I think because it's an, if it's an emergency issue, if it turns out, God, I hope it doesn't happen. If it turns out that this thing is the biggest health, health public health fiasco we've ever had, none of it's on them. <clears throat> I think that's that's brilliant, and that's the guy's job right now, and and he did it like a master. Am I wrong or right? Um, yeah, I, I just I, I I appreciate what you're saying. I just hate to hate to appreciate evil genius. Oh, I, I didn't say I loved it. I just said that's what yeah, happened. I know. I know <laughs> you didn't. Uh, I, I, I'm just looking for the for you know for for a comfortable way to agree because <laughs> it makes me very uncomfortable well, to think well, about it. Does anybody even know? <clears throat> excuse me. Does anybody even know the last three or four names on the list that I'm sure spent all this money and never got it anywhere near a vaccine? How do, how do you think I'll they were? How do you think they were greeted when they showed up with their vaccine at this uh, at the uh, whatever? Uh, what's it? The public health group. Hey, we already got two. What do we need you guys for? You know that was response. We got Moderna. We got you guys. By the way, Johnson's. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they they've taken. You know, everybody else got slow walked. Yeah. Who are the guys that they've never been approved yet? Who are the guys with the uh, alternative, the more and more uh, traditional oh, vaccine? Uh, Novavax was one. I think they did get some. I don't think. I don't. I don't. Months ago, finally. I don't think anybody but, but could. Too late, and and none of the. Uh, um, none of the more, you know, because Novavax is a little bit different too. Even though they already had anti-malaria products using the same technology, uh, but there there were a couple that were, uh, you know, the the old old style uh, vaccines, and they've never gotten any traction. I'm saying that Novavax <clears throat> is never. I don't know anybody's ever gotten that shot of you. I bet they're not available. Um, I, I don't know. I, I do remember it being in the news not too long ago. I, I do too. The, the other, uh, the, you know, the other thing that goes uh, that's into play here too is that anything, any kind of treatment um, that was uh, that didn't have patent protection was not only dismissed, but it met with you know a, a just a really violent pushback on it. These guys had a, made a, got a partnership with government. And the government helped them keep virtually everything else out of the way. For for right or wrong, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm no professor, doctor, but hey, before we get a break well, here, I'm sure there are people who who thought they were doing right. Uh, you know, there, I mean, there, there's all kinds of people who you know uh, bought a lot of the BS. Hell, I still see it. So I'm walking around the airport yesterday. My my favorites, of course, are always the people who are wearing a mask when they're they're one of the one percent wearing a mask, and and. And they, and they and there's no mandate, no nothing, and of course it slipped down below the nose. Yeah. Where do they swab, idiot? Yeah. <laughs> I, I still I still can't get over it when I'm driving in the morning. I see young ladies jogging with a mask on by themselves. I, I, I mean, what, what is that all about? I, are they, are they, I guess if you if it's summertime and you think a flea might fall on you, like you know that the uh, speaking of which, Kevin, I'm going to break on this great note. You know what I read once. That the average American ingests two and a half pounds of insects a year. Oh, yikes. Well, I mean, your stomach's perfectly <laughs> capable of killing them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, um, R&M chocolate-coated. Mm. I don't know. I, I remember when I used to jag in Lincoln Park once in a while, you'd, you'd go through somewhere to be a big swarm of, like, fleas or something. You, you know, you didn't want to think about it, but you know you sucked a couple of them in. 
Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hopefully, hopefully it wasn't like some big old fly. SP yeah. futures have turned down here, down twenty, and Nasdaq futures up sixty-five. It's a big turn from last night. We were up, uh, we're up one hundred and fifty in the Nasdaq last night. Uh, before I went to bed, now we're down sixty-eight. Be right back, stocks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day -day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Come on, flounder. You can't spend your whole life worrying about your mistakes. You f***ed up. You trusted it. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, Apex Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howell, Matt Burn on the board. 
Stocks futures give up early gains, turn negative despite Netflix strong result. Now Netflix, there's something that the economy really needs. Well, you know, I, people love it, so I don't have a problem with that. It's just really. Uh, SP futures down 17. The Nasdaq futures down 52. A little harsher this morning. I don't know why, Kevin. It's kind of maybe it's because it's freezing this morning. Uh, Dow futures down 86. Or in Europe, we've got the DAX down 28.2%. Uh, not much there. Puts it down 13.2%. Again, a very small to the downside. Cac around up 6.1 to the upside. So Europe is uh, muted and uh, I'd say slightly down, very slightly. Nikkei up 101.3%. Shanghai down 36. 1.2%. All right, Hong Kong. Um, despite their one day to the upside yesterday, down 403, 2.4%, 16,511. Uh, well, we get Russell to talk to us again about what's going on over there. And nothing good. Uh, bonds, get a load of this. 408 is a 10-year rate. That's up 9 basis points. Bund up 9 basis points, 2.35. Japan unchanged at uh, 0.26. Boy, I'm really happy that the people that I have here at uh, PTI that uh, we're really looking for some uh, short-term fixed income. We've been going to the auction every week. we got everybody in six-month T-bills instead of bonds out of ways. I'm so happy with that because all of a sudden six months will be able to get a lot better, I think. But it was a, it was worth the, the bridge, I think. Well, up a dollar two, eighty-three, eighty-four. Rent up 73 cents, 90.76. Natural gas down four cents, 5.69. Kevin, I don't think you'd have had the stones to short this at 9.20 with both feet. But if you did, boy, you'd be one wealthy character. Our Bob up two cents, two fifty-seven. We've got gold down eighteen bucks, sixteen thirty-seven. Nobody wants any gold. Somebody gives you any, give it back. Silver down twenty-five cents, eighteen thirty-five. Copper down four cents, three thirty-two. We got Bitcoin down three bucks, nineteen thousand one eighty. So in danger of going under nineteen thousand here, which wouldn't be good for the crypto people. And we have the uh, the euro, the euro down eighty-eight. Oh, it's almost one percent to point nine seven dollars. Uh, British pound down 7%, 1.12, uh, that's down 84 basis points. So uh, dollar strengthening, which nobody really likes, which gold doesn't like. And uh, but, but and the bonds are uh, bonds are going down and rates are going up. So we mm. got that going for us. Matt, what do you got for us, Trevi Weather Sports? Good morning. Currently 6.37 a.m. on Wednesday, October 19th, 2022. Uh, traffic in Chicago right now, huge event. 55 South is closed at 80 due to an accident involving two semis. One semi carrying 50,000 pounds of water, the other carrying 80,000 pounds of soybeans. Sounds like a math problem. Uh, both ramps from 80 East uh, and West to 55 South are both closed. Delays could be up to an hour or more. Uh, weather in Chicago, though, clear skies this morning, currently at 34 degrees. Today, expect a high of 50 and a low of 34. As mentioned earlier, keep focused on the weekend because we are looking at a small break from this mid-October chill with a high of 77 degrees on Saturday and Sunday, if you can believe it. It's very exciting. Uh, in Phoenix, though, clear skies, currently 71 degrees, a high of 88 and a low of 63. The MLB playoffs yesterday in the ALCS. Guardians played Yankees in a makeup game from Monday. Yankees won 5-1. In the NLCS, Padres at home with Phillies. Padres lose 2-0. Today, though, Phillies and Padres back again in San Diego. Game starts at 3.35. Yankees play Astros in Texas. Game starts at 6.37 Central Standard Time. In the NFL tonight, Saints play Cardinals in Arizona. Both teams at two wins and four losses this 2022 season. So for now, Chief, back to you. Um, Kevin, do you have a, do you have a chance to watch uh, uh, Boston uh, Philly with a big one of the big starter games in the NBA last night? Actually, I, I was watching it uh, on the airplane, and 
it was it was kind of uh, a little chippy, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Why does why does Boston have an interim coach on day one? I don't know. Is somebody sick or something? I don't. I don't know. Something's weird. But the one guy who was the coach, he, he's the general manager now, right? The guy from. Uh, oh, Brad Stevens. Yeah. yeah. I always liked him. I thought he was pretty class act. Uh, yeah, I? he 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 is. He was, um, and uh, and really, you know, Butler hasn't been. They've still been good, um, but uh, but they really had a, a string of uh, of coaches, often uh, hired from within, uh, or uh, once removed from the program. In many cases, and they were a really good example of if you want to build a culture. You know, a certain way of doing things. Um, uh, they were very, very successful for a very long time doing it that way. Um, did you, you? I don't suppose you were listening. Were you able to listen? No. Well, it, it was in, in, in my read of uh, today's world where I'm convinced that Howard Cosell could never get a job, you know, or Harry Carey because he actually criticized something once in a while. Mm. You're not supposed to do that anymore. It's all this choreographed, you know, everything is great type of thing. Uh, I suppose if if we had the current group during the gladiator fight, somebody dying would have been good, I guess, or something. I don't know, but the uh, so they start talking about this Harden guy, and um, and, and I don't know who the color guy was. I don't pay attention to who the announcers were, but they start talking about the guys just signed a, a two year uh, two year deal for sixty eight million bucks to stay with the seventy sixers. Well, that's kind of a lot of money, and uh, and the guy goes, uh, well, you know, and he took a a salary cut because he wanted them to be able to go get a couple other guys, so he actually left some money on the table, like, for the team. <laughs> so, so the guy who was ever doing the color guy, some grumpy dude, kind of like me, I guess, he goes, yeah, well, you know, you're, you're not resonating with, with most of the fans saying somebody being paid $68 million for two years in a hardship spot. <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> a, he says to the announcer, the guy says, well, you know, he, he could have, like, he goes, seriously. Yeah. The, 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 the announcer is giving you the, the what a guy. Huh? Yeah, what so, a guy. So, so then the guy goes, no, no so he, he wouldn't let it drop. The call guy goes, no, seriously. I mean, $68 million bucks in today's economy is, is not, you, you're not going to tug any heartstrings or something. Like, he, they, these guys would at it for a while. And finally, the other guy goes, well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about something else. <laughs> the the color man would not let him off. The thing, I, I loved it. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, who, what, what about these baseball games, Kevin? They're awful. One one team hits. You see the Yankees and the, and the Guardians. There were some good ones early in the playoffs. But yeah, yeah. I thought, uh, from what I could tell, you know, sort of tracking it from uh, airport to to layover and so on. Um, the, the yesterday's game was pretty boring. Well, the Yankees just got out to a lead and they kind of coasted in. I, I should have memorized um, the stats with, totally. In, in, in softball days, they used to call that old Manning a team. Well, you know, where you, you, you just you, you get this you get this really uh, lightweight, comfortable lead. Um, and uh, and the you know, the other teams never quite out of it and never quite in it either. Well, they the, the issue comes down now is they got all these guys throwing the ball, you know, two innings. Well, the Yankee guy lasted seven, uh, and 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 everybody strikes out. There's there's no you nobody ever or you get like or like infield hits. You know, somebody will chop one, or you get home runs. And the Yankees they batted some abysmal number during that season. Series, and the only difference is they had like seven home runs, and the other guys had three. And that was the difference. They, they either both teams hit like one eighty or something. It was horrible yeah, baseball. That's the this three outcome approach to baseball, and I don't enjoy it. Um, no, you know, I, I know there's some statistical support for it, um, but 
but it's it's not aesthetically very pleasing. I mean, the the uh, Philly game, Schwarber and uh, what's his name of the other guy, the big star uh, center fielder, Bryce Harper. Oh, Bryce uh, Bryce Harper. Yeah. They they both hit single home runs. They went two to nothing. And uh, the, the Mariner game, as much as I have a client who's from the Seattle organization, and uh, I was wanting the Mariners to win because uh, I like this guy. Uh, but the uh, <clears throat> eighteen innings, no runs. <clears throat> I mean, Kevin, really? <laughs> it's kind of a lot. Of no right. runs, and 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 actually, uh, it, I I didn't watch all of the second one, but the first one it w- was actually pretty dramatic um, because there were a lot of threats to score at least yeah. along the way, and and of course I, I you know I, I was absolutely certain that it would end exactly how it did that sooner or later someone's just going to launch one, uh, <laughs> and it's going to be over, but um, but the, yeah I mean. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen with baseball with the rules changes. Uh, I do believe that by taking out the shift, it should restore some. Oh, I don't, I don't know what to say. It, it should restore uh, the single to the game. You know, the, the uh, just just the the one nice base hit because uh, you know hitting against that against the shift, uh, especially if you're left-handed. Um, really meant that you had to launch it if you wanted to get anywhere, and um, or you had a bunt. Bu- there, there's going to be uh, um, a return to singles having value now, uh, because there just will be more of them. I think there's uh, going to be a change see, in, in my world. The best hitters hit, hit, get a lot of extra base hits. That doesn't necessarily mean home runs. It can, uh, you know, I I think doubles are a wonderful thing. Well, I think the uh, the pitch clock. Where you're not going to let your relievers be able to wait 45 seconds between p- pitches so they can recover for the next 101 mile an hour toss going to help too. Yeah, those who have not seen a game, uh, you know, so for the listeners, if you haven't seen a game with a pitch clock, you're going to love it. Um, not that it's intrusive or that you that you really are sitting there noticing it the whole time. It's just that the pitchers get the ball and they pitch. I think it's going to be a mess. Get into the box. You know, we all of this. You know, just wandering around the mound and and and, uh, and and holding the ball for long periods of time, all of that, um, it, it just goes away, and it makes for a better baseball game. I will bet you, Kevin, we'll, we'll be able to figure out who won the bet, that it drops the velocity of your relief pitchers at least a mile and a half an hour. I don't know if it will the relievers, but it's going to the starters. No, the starters pitch pretty fast anyway. I think they, in terms of... Uh, most of the starters are uh, get the ball and throw it, right? But they extent. can't. They can't just go give themselves a uh, a forty second recovery time, right? But I mean, that, 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 that between pitches or uh, you know or whatever. So, um, so that's that's part of it's going to go away. So I think that's going to be a big help. If if you had to do something with the game, now obviously they did this after the Bob Gibson year. They lowered the mound. What would you do? I think I, I think I'd I'd pull the mound back a foot and a half. Uh, I I don't know. A foot and a half is a lot. All right, six uh, inches. Six inches. Six inches would be a lot. We'd probably start with six inches, or a, or a foot. Not don't I hear feet. that all the time? Yeah. Uh, um, the uh, not so much anymore. I don't think you hear it, but just saying. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> cheap shot. You know, when you get old, it you know things happen. Uh, but you know, I. I just want to. Let's get to the point, Kevin. You know, it's it's funny. How how can I tie my basketball 
rant about the guy making $68 million and feeling, you know, sorry for himself. Uh, when that right here, something like that, I think I think it's actually, even though the guy's a great ball player, it's totally out of line. It, it tells me in my economic head, which I shouldn't have one, I should just get off it when I'm watching a game, it tells me there's not enough teams. There's not enough competition in that game. Why, why do you let 30 owners control the supply of basketball teams or 25 or whatever they are? That, that should never happen. Somebody wants, to, somebody wants to get a professional basketball team, they ought to be able to get one. We put one together. I mean, no league should be that restrictive. What, what, what gives them the right? I'm saying, no, we're, we're the only people that can have a professional basketball team. I mean, people love it. They love the draft. It's all about people like gladiator fights, too. They like to see people dying. I, I don't think I want to see that either. But well, how is it? What, what, what gives these 30 people the right to control the whole industry? Nobody else gets to do it. Well, well actually, yeah, today's... Guess, you know, look, they, they, they have a product, though, that they have to deliver, and they need it to be good. And, and they need it to be good across the board, and, and, it's not, and, and it's not. Now, some of that is management and coaching and, and, and you know, the, the foibles of the existing owners, some of the existing owners. But some of it is just that, um, you know, it, it, how, how much NBA-caliber talent is how much, available to them. I don't know the answer and, to this. And, how, how much difference? And, and I don't know the answer either. I, I do know that I have seen other sports get diluted at some point or another, and... You know, when when the product gets diluted, then you wind up with some really really bad teams. But there's there's always going to be a huge difference between how many people. I, I I'm with you, Kevin. There can't be a hundred teams. I get that part. But the idea of letting the the, the 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 you know the facts tell you how many hens you can have. I mean, it's not up to them to tell me that, right? I mean, in other words, what if they decided one day it should be twelve teams? Well, what what's the number? I mean. There's, there's, there's how many, how many colleges putting out basketball players every year? I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't think uh, Major League Baseball should have been eight teams back in the day, especially after you started having airplanes. Maybe when you had well, training. And, and if you think about it, though, there, there is uh, competition for the entertainment uh, dollar part of it anyway, and that is, uh, it, that is college basketball, and how that's going to shape out over the next few years, I'm not sure. Right. Um, because they they are getting rid of the age limit, and um, so there's and and you are already seeing more of the high school kids who go straight to professional that just go into the G League. But this is a um, so so there, I mean that's that's sort of shaking itself out too. But maybe that's you know maybe that's the approach is you have this other product um, and it's basketball and it's good on its own merits. It's different, but it's good. Um, and because really, when you think about the number of really good basketball players that there are in college basketball who don't make it in the pros, and and rightfully don't, I, you know, I've seen so many of them that I thought were terrific basketball players, and they go and you see them on the court in the pros, and they just can't hold their own. One of the attractions of the NBA is that it's a freak show, and I mean that in a real positive way. It's a freak show in that the size, speed ability of those players is so off the charts compared to uh, anybody else who plays the game and that, you know, I think that is one of the positive attractions and maybe that's I'm, one of the benefits uh, well, of first, controlling the size of the league. Well, clearly you you are you are correct. Alright? Except economically It's hard for you to say that, isn't it? No, but economically you're, you're totally wrong. I mean, if, if, if you actually believe in a free market system, which today, everybody who says that they don't. 
It's, it's like even, even I don't know if you caught the last question I asked Hal yesterday, who's Mr. Free Market. I said, right now, Hal, the way things are, could we just let things be free? And he goes, oh, hell no. Because people have gotten so many cartels and monopolies set up. The idea of, of, of if it's a, it's a free world for Commonwealth Edison to take over Allegheny, that's not free. Both, both of them have been set up as monopolists for 100 years. Where, where is that free? You know, it's, what, I guess what I'm trying to educate a little bit here, and I'm not trying to disband the NBA or anything, it's no different, Kevin, than hamburger stands or hot dog stands. If you got one hot dog stand in a park, the guy's, and it's a big park, the guy's going to make a fortune. Somebody says, well, I need another one. Okay, in a free world, he can put up another one. Now in Chicago, maybe not. But, but now, now when there's 100 of them there, <clears throat> that's too many. We both we all know that. There, there, you got more hamburger stands and you got customers. But the point is, who gets to make the decision? You don't really and want... And the market makes that decision. In, in virtually every other place, except professional sports, I mean, when when do the when do those guys let okay. in? Golf is the example. Yeah, um, look at how, look at how everybody freaked out when they uh, created this other tour. Well, the, you can tell how screwed up and economically screwed up it is. I'm not trying again. I'm not trying to disband anybody. They only let another team in when the when it's it's such an obvious thing to do that the guy coming in has to pay ninety billion dollars for the team, and they all split that up. Why? Why should they get that money? <laughs> the thought of of me having to pay the other hot dog stands in the park for to, to put my stand up is so is so out there for any kind of economic theory or, or the American way. Yeah, we let these guys do it. I, I don't get that. I mean, yes, is a hundred too many teams? Uh, yes, is is thirty the right number? It might be, but I don't necessarily want those guys telling me that. Maybe, maybe it's 34, Kevin, or 35 or 36 or something. I mean, why, why should, you know, the city of, uh, who's a huge city without a basketball team, not, not, not have to, you know, why should San Diego have to come up with a massive amount of money to get a football team back and pay the NFL owners? I mean, really? I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. When, when we talk about... No, it's, it's an interesting thought, Tom, and I, I really hadn't given it much thought, but... Um yeah, it's it's that's a um, a good a perspective that I really hadn't considered and that I think makes sense. Well, the, the, one of the the greatest line I don't forget. I think it was a professor of Notre Dame, or the University of Chicago. He goes, "Students, remember this. Always remember this. Competition is the greatest thing in the world for every industry outside of yours. If your industry, if you if you have competition in your industry, it's cutthroat competition. And you need the government to put a stop to it." Is that a fair statement? <laughs> I, I think that is a reasonable uh, uh, outlook on it. <laughs> yes. I, so, okay, what, what do you make of uh, um, the Netflix? This is, this is the beauty of, of my world. Yesterday, I was, uh, Netflix had earnings, and everybody knows, or I think everybody knows who listens, that I, I at least look to do some earnings plays. When I say earnings plays, I have a simple formula I lob out there because it's, it's uh, well, it's, it's probably a half-baked formula, but it's one I came up with, and it's not in any book or anything. I look at the, the straddle is the combination of the call and the put at, the, at whatever strike you're talking about. So if Netflix was trading 200, actually it was trading 240 last night, uh, it was trading 240, you look at the 240 call, 240 put, and if it, it totaled 30 bucks. So what that tells you is that whoever it is, the marketplace in together, collectively, has priced the move in Netflix to be essentially plus or minus 30 bucks. And what I try and do is I look at a calendar spread. Again, it's maybe over everybody's head, but and if the calendar spread is less than a tenth of the price of the of the uh, the uh, straddle, I, w- I will 
maybe try and buy the calendar spread. Now, yesterday that didn't happen in Netflix, so I didn't really do anything. Actually, it was five bucks, but it's still kind of above my pay grade to pay five hours for a time spread. And uh, or, uh, so it, it was, you know, it was it was, it was yeah, five bucks. Yeah. So, I uh, g- guess what the stock has moved right now, based on Where the is mo- it? it's up thirty bucks. The exact amount of the straddle. So the market was exactly correct on the move. How do they do that, Kevin? <laughs> How do they do that? Isn't that scary? You'd, you'd almost think that there was information that the general public didn't have. Well, it, I mean, the people's judgment of how much could this thing move on the. On, I mean, you're, you're not going to sell that straddle for for five bucks. I mean, you'd be a huge buyer, right? Yet you might say, you know, fifty is it really going to move fifty? It's kind of a lot. And there's going to be a judgment in there, right? And the judgment by the market was 30, and it's 30. Market's not so stupid sometimes, is it? Just saying. Um, no. Just, just saying. Just the individuals in it sometimes. <laughs> without, mm. without a doubt. It, it, that, that's, a, that's, that's, the, that's the beauty of being a trader, certainly on a trading floor. You, you never get to the situation where you're, you think you're God. Because on your best day, on a real busy best day, you made 10 horrible mistakes. Just a question of how good you are at recognizing them right away, doing something to mitigate them, and just going on to the next trade. Mm. And uh, just a whole different world. You, you could never, ever look in the mirror in the morning and say, I was perfect. Where most people, a lot of people think they are. <laughs> I, don't know how, I don't know how they get that way, but they, they sort of do. Uh, so what's, what's yeah, up? I, I don't know. You know that's, uh, and, and all you delusional people who think you are are crazy, because um, you know, I am and you're yeah, not. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, one of the things I... When I do a seminar, Kevin, I, I go to somebody, I'd say, okay, wh- what stack do you like? And the guy will say, well, geez, I like uh, whatever, you know, slippery rack. And I say, uh, okay, now tomorrow morning you're going to buy some slippery rack. Well, yeah, I got this This guy who's telling me it's going up and this and that. And everything. I talk to somebody, you know, <laughs> talk to somebody inside, whatever it is. They'll say, it's going up. And I say, okay, now wh- who are you going to buy that from? Well, what do you mean? I'm just going to buy some slippery rack. Well, who, who are you going to buy it from? Well, I'm just going to go into you know, my brokerage room and buy it. No, let me, let me help you. You're buying it from somebody. You're buying it from Matt Burns. Somewhere on an exchange floor, you're going to buy a 1,000 shares, and somebody is going to sell you the 1,000 shares. Somebody just like you, or some firm, or whoever the hell it is. Gee, I never thought of that. And I said, now, you're convinced this is going straight up. Now, but he's willing to sell it to you there. What do you think he's thinking at this time? Well, I never thought of that either. So he's selling it to you gleefully, and you're buying it from him gleefully. Well, what makes you think you're smarter than he is today? Well, I got my, <laughs> my prediction here from my buddy. I, I'm just saying. Yeah, what, got my guy. <laughs> what, what, what makes you think that on this transaction, you're smart? We're not talking about some old dude dies and, and his wife sells you his car that he doesn't need anymore because he's dead. We're not talking about something like that. We're talking about on one side of the transaction, somebody's convinced i got to get rid of this thing. On the other one, somebody's going to, it's going to the moon. Well, you, you're not always, you can't always assume the other guy's an idiot, right? Just, just saying. No, although, although uh, you can come pretty close sometimes. So definitely driving on the expressway. You can oh, what else? Guys, yeah. an idiot. I know. I'm, I'm, so what? Uh, what are you accomplishing? I'm not helping the conversation here. You get you got two minutes. Two minutes. What are you? What are you accomplishing in Florida? Who are you teaching? Um, no, I'm I'm being taught. So uh, you know, there's there's an assessment seminar down here, and then uh, I'm going to take a couple days, and I'm going to drive down and see uh, NASA because I've never been there before. Oh, you're you're north of uh, what now? You mean Cape Canaveral? Yeah. So you're north of there. Yeah. Where, 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 yeah, I, I'm I'm by Jacks, Amelia Island. Okay, I'm not sure exactly I'm, sure. I'm not in Amelia Island yet. I'm leaving. I'm going over there shortly. 
I uh, geographically help me here. Where, is Cape Canaveral south of Daytona or north? It's uh, probably um, more or less halfway between um, Miami and Jacksonville. That's all I can tell you. All right. So somewhere in there is Daytona too, right? Somewhere. In yeah. There. Well, that'll be fun. How, what, what do you get to see? I guess is the question. Yeah. I don't know. I'll find out. I'll well, find out. I you know I I've been uh, to Jacksonville before and to Amelia Island. Uh, but otherwise, my Florida experiences are all on the Gulf side, and uh, in, including Tallahassee and driving down to the uh, Panhandle Gulf too. But um, so I have not been down this side, so we'll see. Um, we'll is see there, what's to see. Is there a tour that you know of? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I have that on the computer. They're, they have different kinds of. It's they, they've got their tourist trappy stuff. But I mean, you can get a bus, and they show you the, this launch pad. This thing went up, and this one that went up. It's kind of cool. Oh, yeah, uh, you know what? I'll go to the museum and see what they have to what they have to offer, and I'll report to you on Friday. Well, that'll be cool. Anyway, you have a nice time. SP Futures down thirteen. NASDAQ Futures down thirty six. We were down. We were up big huge last night. We we're down this morning, and now we're coming back almost to even. So we'll see where this one lands. Hmm. Uh, we'll be back in a minute. Stocks and Jacks. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks and, jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Right now. Time to time, everyone goes bust. 
You'll be back in the game before you know it. Low and white by Saxon Jackson. After time out, Matt Byrne on the board. SB Futures down 14. Nasdaq Futures down 34. You'll be back in the game before you know it, Russell. <laughs> Just remember, like your hero Frank Sinatra said, I may have been broke, but I was never poor. Mm. No. I, I, I'm, I'm rich with a, a, you know, a full life and a good group of friends. Who needs money? Even your dog likes you. And even if Two of my three dogs like me. Yeah, the one doesn't like, never did like you, did did she? Or is, is it she or he or she? Um, that, that, okay, so we, uh, I can't believe, it's so funny, I was like, I'm not, we're not going to, I'm not going to go off on a tangent this week. I'm not going off, well, here goes the tangent. Here goes. Um, <laughs> we've got a, uh, we got a little pug that we rescued from a puppy mill that has babies all over the world who wow. uh, can barely see, can barely hear, and is basically attached to my wife all the time, like a Velcro dog. Uh, that one doesn't like me or dislike me. It doesn't know I exist. Okay, Carolus. It's like Audrey's two yeah. poodles. It. Oh, we got we got, a be- we got the beagle, and that's the one you guys have seen before. Because yeah, we got that one right before COVID, and then I was home all the time, and the, that dog just latched onto me during COVID. And we just we are uh, we rescued a French bulldog. And really, we're like we're part of a, a rescue thing. This one is eight months old, has kidney problems. And we're basically puppy hospice for this one because uh, it, it, it's it'll probably only live about six months or so. Oh god! Mm. And that one loves me too. That one that that one plays with me a lot and everything. So there. So two of the three dogs love me. The other one just doesn't even know I exist. Laundry had two male <laughs> male miniature poodles that she rescued over the years. One couldn't mm-hmm. stand me because I was competition. The other one put up with me. Yes, you are. And now, she, now she's uh-huh. got a female uh, poodle, standard size or full size. For whatever uh-huh. reason, she loves me with kindness. I mean, to the point where I don't know <laughs> what the deal is. You can't roll over without her staring you right in the eyes. We doing something? What are we doing? Come on, you get up. I'm, I mean, I, mean it's, I don't know what. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the. Intro- <laughs> so you, you just never. The lady downstairs has a new uh, French bulldog puppy. God, is she cute? She can't. Ra- she's mm-hmm. gray. She can't raise her hair up, her ears up all the time. You know, uh-huh. they don't. She looks just like Yoda. <laughs> God, is she adorable? Fantastic. And uh, so, she, fantastic. so of course, I met her in the bar. She brings her to the bar in her purse, and I go <laughs> to show you how much she's not really big on that. Well, she loves this dog, but I said, "What do you, what do you got a sweater on her for?" Well, she's cold, and I go, uh, "How do you know she's cold?" Because her nose is cold. I go, they're supposed to be cold. You worry mm. about it when they're hot. Unless they're healthy. Yeah, she goes, oh, I didn't know that. We I get the sweater off. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I've been ranting and raving here a bit about uh, what started me off on this, Russell, was, uh, and I, I'd love to have your, well, plus, you got to tell us all what's going on in Hong Kong when the stock goes down, or the market goes down over there all the time. Uh, started me off on this is the, uh, uh, Hal, Hal was talked uh, the other day. I said, what about, you know the economy. It, it, could you just let? I mean, he's a, he's a Mister. You know, he's a huge li- uh, libertarian. You know, he really loves mm-hmm. if government was totally out of it. Not totally, but you know, other than making the rules, he'd like competition to be the way it is, capitalism to be the way it was sort of designed. And I said, well, could you just let it go right now? And he goes, oh God, no. <laughs> he goes, you got so, <laughs> so, so many people have, have so many entrenched spots because I gave him the example. 
well, could you let... I said, there, there are people in the world, I don't usually do this, but I will. There are people in the world dumb enough to think that if Commonwealth Edison takes over, like, ComEd or ConEd, that it's like, it's like a free market. He goes, he says, nobody can be that dumb. <laughs> they, they've both been propped up monopolists for 100 years. How could there be any sort of competition in that mess? I mean, and uh, so this morning, I don't want to talk about how 9% of the, the Republicans and, like, 12% of their, or some, some number of the Democrats think that democracy is working. I, I, don't, I don't know how the hell you can even... And then, of course, I watched a basketball game last night, and James Harden was talking about how... Well, they, they were saying how he he took a pay cut, only $68 million for two years because he wanted the team to be able to get some other guy. And I'm thinking... And the, the, the color man says, you, you can't go too far with that because most people can't identify with taking a pay cut to $68 million as being, you know, being generous or something. I get... I see these, and then I saw the earnings last night, where we've got Procter and Gamble, with their bare face comes out there and says, "And I got the stock PG is up. Uh, it was up this morning. What the hell was it? It's up buck seventy three. It's up one and a half percent." The guy comes flat out and says, "We were able to raise our prices more than the prices were raised to us." The United Airlines, who we just gave fifty billion dollars to, for God knows, well, I mean, I, for COVID relief, I know why, uh, and now they say their passenger revenue per passenger miles up. 25% last year, so I'm sitting there, I go, wait a minute, i got to talk to Russell about this, because I bored Kevin with it. I mean, how is it that we, we don't, we, we're, we know people are gagging with this inflation, yet we're celebrating every firm that raised prices? I mean, what is oh, not we're not necessarily celebrating the firms that raised prices. You know, the stock price going up, is, is it, it's not like, a, you know, it's not like we voted for it. It's, it, you know, it's just a, a function of the financials. Well, I, I they, get that. You know, if they have enough of an upside surprise, I can actually, it, it takes a little bit of a drift, but I, I can show you how um, in time when, you know, when a company does 10% better than everybody expected, the stock's going to adjust by about 10% over the next week or two. Right. I, 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 so it, it, so we're, not, we're not celebrating it. In fact, uh, I, I, if I were a CEO, I, I would be downplaying the, you know, I, I wouldn't say that we could more than pass on our costs. I would just, uh, I would phrase it differently. Well, but it's I, I would say, I would say something like, um, due to demand, um, the increase, uh, the increase of our costs, uh, didn't impact it as positively right. as we thought it would. All right. So, ah! so, so, there, so, there, I, I just made it sound good. All right. So. <laughs> So you, you would say something to the effect, Mr. Spin, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Mm-hmm. Spin, uh, yeah. we, we, uh, we, we were able to uh, stay ahead of the increases in prices to us and maintain our margin. What does that mean? Or even increase our margin. It means you were able to raise prices more than the prices came to you and more of the raises you gave people. I mean, it, it, you yeah. and I are smart enough to, to walk through that line of BS. Yeah, well, I, you and I are, but uh, I... I I, the thing is, I can't remember what company it was last week, but there was a company last week. It might have been PepsiCo. Yes. It said the exact same, exact same thing. thing. Exact same thing. And when they, and that's why I was so, that, that you know, early in the morning, pre-copy, I'm, I'm not the quickest guy in the world. And that's why I was able to come up with that little phrase so quickly, because I thought it last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not something that I... Okay, so... Now, if, 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 you, if you are, and, and when I heard it last week, I was, I, you know, I, I had the same thought around it that you did, that you're having right now around Procter and Gamble, was you don't want to, you know, you you you, you want to downplay that stuff a little bit. Well, but the fact is, <laughs> well, the fact is, it's true, and you have industries yeah. where Pepsi has been able to. It's a cartel. I mean, how many? 
Yeah. Any, anybody who who uh, is anywhere near, you know, doing it. I mean, that's not that there's no competition. There's some, but if, if I guarantee you, I, I don't absolutely guarantee you, but I suspect that if anybody in that industry is 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 rocking the boat, even all whether from water down to God knows what you're drinking, uh, Pepsi or Coke, are thinking about buying them. Yeah. So when I when I hear Pepsi saying that. If I am the head of the Justice Department, or I, or I actually give a crap about the Sherman Act or the, or the, or the Clayton Act, I'm going to say, mm-hmm. in my lifetime, those two places never get to buy another firm. And, and you know what? Absolutely. They shouldn't. But, they, they, but they will. Shouldn't. Yeah. But they will. In a, if you, you say cartel. I think of more of it as a duopoly. Well, it's, it's, a, it's just a, you know, there's just two. Well, and it's, all right. Well, it's a monopoly, duopoly, and then after that, they call it a cartel, right? Yeah. Well, the cartel part is means that the the CEO of Coke and CEO of Pepsi are sitting in a room and, and making decisions. And I, if if they got caught doing that, um, that that would be the end of both of those guys. Or I guess how could guys. you how could um, you that would be the end? It, that would be the end of both of them. How's that? I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give you a little history mm-hmm. of, of the CBOE that you probably already know, but maybe not. The personal part of it, because I, uh, you were high up the chain, but I actually was, you know, was I was never up the chain as far as you were in terms of the CBOE, but I was on the board for, for two terms, and you actually, I mean, the, the people who were there, well, I actually thought, I, mean, I honestly think Chuck Henry was the nicest, most competent man I ever met, the president of CBOE. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what you thought of Chuck, but uh, Duke Duke was a much more of a world traveler kind of guy. He and I weren't exactly on the same plane because he probably was a much mm-hmm. higher plane than me. His dad was a chairman of, uh, 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 what do you call it, uh, Capital Cities for a while. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and he was a, uh, he he was the head of uh, the hell's the name? You know what's what's the the massive health club? Well, health club, a club right off Central Park that uh, Carnegie put together because he was he was miffed at the New York Athletic Club was so snooty, so he ended up building one even snootier right along, right along the park, right at like Kitty Corner from the Plaza, maybe across the way. So that would be uh, on the east side. I've been in that place, and I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. I, I, but it's, it's I did a presentation. I did a presentation there once. It's absolutely spectacular. Um, but I, well, well, Duke's I, dad, Duke's dad's I, picture is in the hallway of guys that used to run the place, and his picture is bigger than one of Carnegie. That's <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. But his his dad uh, allegedly is the guy who came up with the the black ball thing. Hmm. Andrew? Oh, or an not, Andrew. not letting somebody in? Matt, do you know what a black ball is? You, you black to, ball you somebody? You refresh, refresh me, yeah. Black ball, when they, when, they had a, when they were voting on a new member, hmm. the schmucks on the board would sit there. They weren't all schmucks. I'm sure they were all heads of industry. <laughs> They'd sit there, and they gave everybody a black and a white ball. So if you would never vote out loud for the guy. Hmm. So um, you would reach under the table, and they'd pass this, you know, whatever, and you'd drop the thing in there, either the black ball or the white ball. If it got around to the chairman, uh, the chairman would. If there was one black ball in there, the guy was out. Mm. So hence the term black ball. Yeah. So Duke's telling me that there's one guy who's really a good guy, was trying to get in, and there's one one guy who wasn't the best guy. He was on the board. They knew who didn't like him, right? So it goes around to him, and it comes around to the front of the table, and Duke's dad puts his hand under there, and he pulls it out, and he goes, uh, "I see there's one black ball," and. Uh, and he says, and he says, to, and he says that a group, knowing that this guy who put the black ball in there is a, a total weasel, right? He goes, "Well, I'm the one who put the black ball in, and if I'm the only one, I'll just pull it out." 
<laughs> and, and the guy never said a word. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Talk about being a weasel, eh? Yeah. There's not a guy you want to be a foxhole with, is it, Russell? No, I mean, uh, not at all. Just say it. But uh, anyway, the... Uh, hey, real, real quick, the Knickerbocker Club? No, mm. no. Okay. Because uh, that, that is, that's right across from the park. That's, that's, uh, that's the one I want. I'll, I'll do my, uh, I'll go to Google Maps here. But Hey, so I'm, so I'm kind of ranting and raving on this part about... I don't. I don't get how the airlines. I mean, it's a little cartel. Like you say, cartel implies that they're getting together. Uh, well, I guess the term would be an oligopoly, right? Whether or not you're not accusing exactly. them of getting together. So, would that be the proper term? Where before I make myself stupid? Here? Yeah, I think that's the the, the 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 that's the official term when you've only got you know you have limited competition. But then again, uh, Father Fitzgerald, who taught these this class at uh, Notre Dame, would say that whenever. Uh, captains of industry play golf. They can't make it to the fourth hole without talking about uh, uh, fixing prices. It was his thought. I don't know if that's true or not, but that was his view of the world. It's just such a natural thing for those guys to do. Anyway, but I'm, anyway, I'm kind of ranting here on all this stuff, and then we got into the NBA and how why they should be able to control the amount of teams. I mean, your uh, your your guy. I mean, a guy I always compare you to, uh, Milton Friedman, would always talk about uh, medical schools. Mm. And how it was, it was his favorite. His, his two biggest uh, favorite topics were medical schools and uh, cab drivers. He said, "Why should doctors be able to determine how many how many medical schools there are? All they're doing is comp- is, is controlling the supply to essentially yep. their industry. So you know why why should the NBA owners or NFL owners be able to decide how many basketball teams there are? Now we know we don't want two hundred of them." But why should it be yeah. 32 and not 40? Why is it their call? There's a lot um, of Go ahead. I, well, I, you know, I got to, I have to phrase this carefully. Um, okay, I was, I, I, I met with a, with a professional sports owner once. And, uh, and I don't say, I just don't want to say who it is because I just don't. And um, we're just talking about the, the business of, of that. And it's one of the big four sports in the U.S. And the way that, that, that those leagues are run, it's much like it's it's not like each individual team is a company. It's one big company with, you know, twenty four factories. Each one so each the, one the, is the way you, and I was listening when you were describing the post sports thing. Um, it, basically the, each team is not an individual business. It's what it's one business with you know, a bunch of. I mean, that's why they call them franchises. Um, each team, you know, the Bears are a totally separate organization. They're totally what? separate. The Bears are a totally separate. Well, they organization. are. They are. But you know what? And um, in, in the you know, most of the McDonald's are standalone organizations too that that are affiliated with McDonald's. Well, you know how how, how much I, I know. I'm right on this. Is is up until like two years ago, the NFL itself. The, the league was set up as a non-profit. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, I mean the, 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 the Bears make all their dough. They just share all the revenue and all that stuff. I mean, it's, it, they're, they're not... No, nobody owns any part of the Bears in the league. They're not like a McDonald's no, franchise. But, but, but again, the, but the Bears are a franchise. And if... You know what? If... You know, God knows this would never happen. But uh, you know, there's, there is a situation like this right now. The uh, you know the the Washington uh, 
I almost called them the Commodores. Commanders. <laughs> <laughs> Commanders. What's what's the difference? Um, By the way, nobody nobody likes their owner right now, and the 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 team in the. You know the team has been run on the field and uh, you know behind the scenes horribly. There's just no other way to put it. It's just a horribly run you know organization. And if the NFL wants, they can force him to sell that team. Right. You know they were the yep. highest Which, revenue team yep. up until I'm going to say maybe eight ten years ago. They were by far the highest revenue team in football. With their, and, uh, they, had a, they had a great, they had a great stadium deal. They had, they had like, they almost had more. I think they had more stuff they sold. I mean, whatever they were, they were really profitable. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this guy's managed to. I don't think they are now. Plus, the team is terrible. It has been for a while, and he's getting himself. Yeah. By the way, it's the Metropolitan Club. Oh, oh yeah, I've been there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love how we're all. You know, somebody just tuned in. They're like, "What the hell does the Metropolitan Club have to do with <laughs> NFL?" Well, uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm saying that, that, that was ten minutes ago. I mean, but, um, I'm saying we're we're so used to this that we don't. I mean, it, you know, if I if I'm in a group of uh, I use the term regular guys, not guys like me, and I say something like the idea of having a draft is is unconscionable. And yet their response is, "What do you mean? We love the draft. <laughs> we, we, the draft night, we go out to a bar and get 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 bleep faced." It's not about whether you love it or not. It's about whether it's fair. Now, granted, it's way fairer now when there's only seven rounds, I think. But, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the, the idea of having a draft, you imagine if, 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 the, if the, when there used to be eight accounting firms, of them having a draft instead of having to recruit people? You couldn't pick the place you wanted to work? I mean, I... No, that, that, and there, there is a little... Well, there has been. I think it's probably weighing very quickly. No, that's not particularly... Fair, but if you if they didn't have a draft to try to to at least have the appearance that they're trying to uh, give every team in the, the league in each of the leagues an equal chance at winning, um, yeah, if you you would, you would lose all the the, um, the fans for I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with baseball of 28 of the 32 teams. All right, but you. Because everybody would want to be a Yankee or a Dodger. Okay, but I mean, if if you were, if, yeah. if, if baseball were to do the football route, um, mm-hmm. which you know, again, it, I'm not as as sort of miffed. Well, two two problems with that is, like Lou will say, and I mean, Lou and I very seldom disagree, but we totally disagree on this one. He goes, "It's a collective bargaining thing." And I said, "But I, I don't, I don't want if I'm a college kid, I don't want the the current veterans cutting up the pie." That would mean out of a seat at the table. Mm. That, I mean, that's that's not right. I mean, uh, anyway, we, we we could expand this to whatever. But yeah. but in baseball, there's thirty some rounds or twenty some rounds. So you mm-hmm. you're gonna you can get picked at, at, as a shortstop for the Yankee organization, and there's twenty five shortstops. And yet the Cubs might have well, no shortstop, which they probably don't. The guy. Yeah. So I mean, uh, I mean, th- at least if it was four or five or six rounds where you got some of the best guys or eight, you couldn't pin me to a no career in the 20th round. Or at least after one year, i got to be able to go somewhere else. I mean, the idea that I'm stuck with you for life in the 15th round is, is pretty bizarre. I mean, I mean, it, 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 the baseball takes it to an incredible degree. You know, but it, uh, when basketball, what, there's only two or three rounds or something? I'm not sure where's Mitty Weber when we need him. but only two. 
It might only be two, yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah, I can see something like that. I, 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 I uh, can roll with something like that. I'm willing to compromise, but, but the baseball thing, here, here I am forever. And by the way, there, you know, there's four Ozzy Smiths ahead of me. And by the way, Oakland's looking for a shortstop. That's kind of crazy. You know, I mean, you know, I guess I could trust them to trade me, but why would I ever do that? Trust anybody to help me no. out? Just well, and it's, it, I mean, within with you know within pro sports, I, I'll I'll go back to what you said about my favorite NBA player, James Harden. Yeah. Uh, you know, he he making sixty eight million over the next two years. Yeah. Uh, it, it's very difficult to um, you know be overly concerned with people that have that sort of upside before they turn forty in their industry. Well, I mean, but you're you're dead. You're you're, you know, you're dead in the industry and, at forty. So, I mean, it's like I get that and part. It, and if you really, if you started, I, I really do believe that. I, I I honest to God believe that college football. And I know I just totally took a left turn on you. I think college football, which is a, a pretty big freaking deal right now, ten years from now, they're they're not going to be like you know what everybody's doing on Saturday. Really? Why? And it's because. But, well, it's because out of the hundred and I don't know, it's like one hundred and thirty Division One teams. Uh, every year, about five or six of them have a chance of actually winning the championship, and that's it. Yeah. And the the NIL thing and the, and the ability to transfer, uh, it may spread the talent around a little bit, but when it comes down to it, you know, it, most people in the country don't give a crap about Alabama or Georgia. No. As I sit in the middle of Georgia right now, but most people don't give a crap. About, you know, it, it and it, you know the Pac-12, which is basically you know falling apart. Well, they none of those teams have had a shot at a championship at winning the championship in a long, long time. And you lose the casual fan if if you never have one of those exciting seasons. Well, I mean, you can have a and an exciting the team in that. that we're, and where I'm going with that is if. You know, the Yankees would just basically always win the World Series because, you know, if, if think about how many guys, when you have all the discretion in the world, get to choose which uniform uh, they put on your or on your plaque at Cooperstown, and you have guys that would play, you know, fifteen seasons one place and three seasons with the Yankees, and they choose to go in as the Yankees. Well, yeah, but reverse that, uh, it, and it would be the same thing. It would be the, the same thing with, you know, NFL. Everybody would want to. You know, Tom Brady goes to the, you know, goes to Tampa Bay, and everybody and their mother wants to go play with Tom Brady. Uh, yeah, it, it just it, if if you had a total free market in pro sports, it would break the league. It would just totally break the league. Um, it could be done, but I, I guess my point is, if you had a, if you had a, say I keep I keep bringing this back that. It's not that much different than other industries, okay? But, it, but it's it's like, did I did I think there should be a, a, a total free market in med schools where everybody should, there should be one in every corner? No, but there's no. some combination between that and letting the. But, but we trust this example I used with Kevin. I don't know if you're listening, it's hot dog stands around the park. Mm. I mean, there's there's we all know a hundred's too too many. We all know uh, one's probably too little if it's a big park. Yet. Who gets to make the call? The, the, the economic purist would say, you'll, you'll end up with enough stands in there until all of a sudden somebody's not making enough money, so he'll get out of it, and you'll end up with the right amount. That's the invisible hand, as Adam Smith would say, which you, know, you know, who knows people. 
I mean, I, I, and I, and I, whether that always lands properly, of course, in Chicago, there'll be <laughs> the two that are there will buy off an alderman, and the next guy's permit will be ten times more than theirs. But we know there's always crap happening, right? I mean, but yeah, but but by and large, if if you don't leave the decision up to that way with all its warts and imperfections, you know, where do you where do you go with it? The the, the first guy gets to say whether it gets to be another spot. Well, I don't know if that's necessarily correct. We don't want to kind of... You know, that, that's another extreme on that. Well, okay, so, but, so, so, I do, so where's I mean, the answer? There, there, there is a difference between professional sports and other industries as Why? far as competition goes. Why? Because, you know, Major League Baseball, NFL, they're, they're, it's one product. Uh, in their mind. It really does. It, it does come down. Well, it's a, and, 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 and if, if it's not maintained in a way that it appears to be a competitive product although I don't know who in the hell wants to pay money to watch uh, at home uh, two two and four NFL teams like um, tomorrow night but uh, yeah it, it, it just if there's not if there's not you know at least a ray of hope at the beginning of every season then or something to go see in every season you're going to end up having teams that just basically fail or fold well, and that's not good for the league as a whole. But you're, you're. Uh, you know, I agree with you. I mean, I'm not saying this should be totally laissez-faire, but you realize, of course, now you're in direct competition with PK Wrigley in terms of what your your mindset is on sports. Mm-hmm. In his in his mind, baseball was the product, and if baseball is a fun thing to do, and Wrigley and Wrigley Field is a fun thing to do, if in the old days the Cubs are playing the Phillies in September and you get a chance to go. You're going to go watch it because it's it's a really fun two, two and a half yeah. hours, and it, and whether or not we'll we'll we'll, we'll uh, continue to say after the break whether or not this what where they are in the standings. I mean, you'd like them to be competitive, but that particular day you're you're able to, you're you're liable to watch a really good baseball game, you know. And, yeah. and if one team happens, you know, if, and if one team happens to be one and thirty, what what difference does it make? And his point is, if winning becomes the product. Now you got a problem if you got 30 teams because only two are going to win or one's going to win. SP Futures down 24. SP Futures down 68. We come back. Russell's going to explain why we're down after we were up last night. He's also going to tell us, is, is Hong Kong going into the water or what are they doing? Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. 
been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you are aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we have always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, everyone. Thanks, Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Alley. He's Mr. Matt Byrne. We also have uh, Russell Rhodes with us, uh, giving us prof- professorial guidance. Uh, He's also going to tell us why the hell we spun around. We were up over 30 last night in the spoos. Mm. I, was, uh, I was checking it while I was watching the boring baseball game. Uh, down 30, NASDAQ features down 90. NASDAQ, I think, was up 175, maybe more. So that's a that's a 2.5% turnaround yet again. Uh, crazy stuff. Uh, uh, Putin just introduced martial law in illegally annexed Ukraine region, ma- regions. Huh. Maybe that's one of the issues we're having here. Mm. Uh, Dow futures down 125 again. Uh, Netflix up 27 bucks, and uh, Russell's probably happy to hear that the straddle was 30 dollars. The, the market was right yet again. Uh, we have Procter and Gamble is up a buck 88. Uh, I think their straddle is 250 or so, so they're pretty right there too. That's one and a half percent. Over in Europe, we're down a little bit more than we were. Still not very much. Down 13 on the DAX, it's 0.1 percent. FTSE's down 14.2 percent. Kick around down 8.1 percent. So not much of a reaction to anything over there yet. Uh, well, whatever any of the reactions about, we never really, really know. Nikkei down, up 101.4%. Shanghai down 36, 1.1%. Hang Sang, whack, whack, whack again. Down 403, 16,511. I don't know if that's the low of the last couple of weeks, but it's really getting close. It's 2.4%. Uh, bonds up 11 basis points of 4.11. This 10 year rate is just continuing to march up. The Bund up 9 points, uh, 9 basis points, 2.37. Uh, Japan unchanged at, two, at 0.26. They never seem to move. I mean, they call that government intervention. Well, up uh, 76 cents, 83.58. Brent up 45 cents, 90.48. Natural gas down 13, 5.61. Almost, I'm going to say half, but they're down like 40-some percent from their tie high at 9.30. That's, that's really something. Arbab, uh, this is with the Russians shutting it off and everything else. The things on not go straight down. Arbab unchanged, 2.54. Gold down $19 now as a dollar soaring. Uh, 1636 silver down 23 cents 1837 copper down three cents 332 we've got Bitcoin down 39 bucks 19,144 
and we have the U.S. dollar, uh, you know, kind of whack whack here. The euro's down uh, almost a full point, ninety-one cents is almost a full percent, mm. and, the, and the British pound's down a point eight percent, down to one twelve. So, dollar's soaring. Those things are going down. We're a lot of stuff going on this morning. Matt, what do you got for us, Travi Weather Sports? Hey, good morning. Currently 3.34 a.m. on Wednesday, October 19th, 2022. Speaking of a lot of things, a lot of things going on in traffic. Very uh, uh, odd traffic stories today in Chicago. Uh, 55 South is still closed to 80 due to a major accident involving two semis. One semi carrying 50,000 pounds of water, the other carrying 80,000 pounds of soybeans. Uh, both ramps from 80 East and West to 55 South are both closed. Accident happened at 5.37 this morning, but cleanup is still underway. Solid traffic around that area. Expect delays up to an hour. Left lane north on Lakeshore closed before Jackson Drive due to construction. This is causing traffic to be backed up all the way to East Oakland Boulevard. Expect delays up to 20 minutes. Worth mentioning, a road closure up in Lincolnwood. Uh, this is, get this chief, uh, due to an ongoing SWAT team investigation. Uh, the closure occurs at Winthrop Avenue and, uh, between Thorndale and Glen Lake Avenue. This was entered last night at 10 and still ongoing this morning. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, well, on the lighter side, weather, uh, uh, clear skies this morning in Chicago, currently 33 degrees. Today, expect a high of 48 and a low of 33. And as mentioned earlier, please look forward to this weekend because we are still looking uh, at a short break uh, from this autumn chill in Chicago with a high of 77 degrees on sa- Saturday and Sunday, if you can believe it. It's really happening, people. Uh, in Phoenix, though, clear skies, currently 70 degrees, a high of 88 and a low of 63. The MLB playoffs yesterday, Guardians played Yankees in a makeup game from uh, Monday. Yankees won 5-1. Padres at home with Phillies. Phillies win 2-0. So far, Phillies lead 1-0 in the NLCS. Today, Phillies and Padres back again in San Diego. Game starts at 3:35. Uh, in the AL- ALCS, though, Yankees play Astros in Texas. Game starts at 6:37 Central Standard Time. The NFL tonight: Saints play Cardinals in Arizona. Both teams at two wins and four losses this 2022 season. It's all for now, Chief. I think it's tomorrow, here. isn't that the, the Thursday night? Thursday. Oh, you're right. Only Wednesday. I'm, I'm jumping the gun here. You're Thursday night. Well, you must be anxious for tomorrow to happen. I'm getting something. too 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 riled up for this uh, Amazon Prime uh, yeah. fiasco. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, the, do you ever see the movie uh, uh, Russell? There, there was a movie about the, there was an in 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 Air crash in the air, hence the name, an in-flight mm-hmm. air crash. Two planes collided into each other, right? And uh, mm-hmm. it, was int- it was interesting. Jack Lemmon, I think, was in it. But it was it was the uh, the movie started, and all you see is this crash. Mm. Then, they, then they draw back to like four or five days before in both sides, the pilots and everybody and the air controller, and how, how everything came together. After like four days of of amazing circumstance for the two main planes to meet in the middle of the of, of the air and wow. blast, you may if they did that with the two trucks this morning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wolf guys, get out! <laughs> Wolf guys, get out of bed. Go to the truck stop. Go and take a shower. You know, whatever you do, and all of a sudden here they are at the same spot, banging into each other. It, it almost sounds like like the start to a bad joke. Yeah, fifty thousand pounds or of water. Or a math problem. I like you said that in the first hour. <laughs> yeah, That's it, what I like. It's a very, it's a they're 50, very specific. Fifty thousand pounds of water hits eighty thousand pounds of soybeans on fifty-five going south. How long does it take you to get to work? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, well they're telling you get off someplace <laughs> and take six and so. But there's those. I'm going to say those soybeans never make it to market. So, oh, are the price of soybeans down like a millionth of a cent this morning? As an economist, you'd probably say yes. No, they should go up. Go up. You're right. Up That's a millionth of a cent. Yeah. No supply. That's you're right. Supply. I'm sorry. Mm. 
yeah. they didn't show up, so the supply drops and it go up. All right, so what, I'm gonna tell you uh, I, real quick on the professor thing. I swear we'll get back to that, but my uh, my daughter has taken uh, econ, and mm. she doesn't really have an interest in business at all. She wants to be a journalist, but um, she's taken econ, and I love it mm. because I. I We'll use econ speak every once in a while, uh, and uh, she somebody hit on her boyfriend the other day, or yesterday, and she threw a cup of coffee on the person, oh. and um, she said, you know, this is not an, he's not in the free market. I have a monopoly on him. He's my property. That's <laughs> how <laughs> she said it. Well, that, would, that, that takes kind of a, that's sort of a two-person decision, mm. not necessarily a one-person decision. Well, I, you know, he agrees. He signed a contract. And the, the person that hit on him was a fella. So ah. <laughs> you know what? I was just going to say. Let's, let's go back to the other I, I, You know what? I, I, was, I was just going to say, in this day and age, was the person male or female, but I didn't. I held my well, tongue, and you out peeped it. Yeah, I, I, if you noticed, I said a person hit. Yeah. Uh, and didn't say. Oh, well. Let's go back. Let's, let's just These are expanding. Oh, God. Try, she Seems. keeps trying to put econ speak into everything she does, and it's awesome. i tell you what. She sounds That's like awesome. a fiery young lady. Hmm. Not, normally not, but apparently we don't mess around with the uh, with, with with her and her romantic life. So um, there we go. I'm gonna say I don't know if Aud would defend me like that, but surely if somebody messed with one of her dogs, oh yeah, it would be it would be bad. Oh yeah, oh god yeah. yeah. Be, oh, I can only bad. imagine if somebody messed with one of our dogs with my daughter would do. Oh yeah, it's it's all right. So what what yeah. what question do you want to answer first? These are what, what is what is going on here? With the markets flying all over the place? It, I don't think it's healthy. Uh, I can't figure out, Russell, if it's market fabric. There's just no standing orders anywhere. So if we go one way, just everybody just gets out of the way. I think a lot of what happens to the people who now provide, quote, markets to the world, part of what happens, if it starts to move, they just they just take all their bids or their offers down, and it just runs. And there, and there are a lot fewer of them than yes. there used to be. I, I think that really in, they're really, in some markets, there's only one big market-making firm. And I'm talking global, not uh, yeah, not just in the U.S. And I, I've been I've, I've been on a big project for one of the big global exchanges, uh, looking into all of this and trying to figure out how to write that ship. But the but the problem is, um, you know, people are less willing to leave orders standing out there. But also, uh, the liquidity providers don't the fewer liquidity providers that we have now uh, don't want to get run over, uh, and. Right. So they're they're making it where, you know, maybe they're not getting run over, but the markets are getting run over, you know, jerked all over the place. One of my because friends. The, the Hang Seng is only a couple hundred points off of its uh, 2022 low, which was on on Monday, I think. Yeah. And the, the issue with the, the issue with China, you know, they they decided to stop giving out economic numbers, right? Uh, they they made that decision over the weekend. Yeah. Well, then I heard if you if you got three hundred fifty thousand bucks, you, you're welcome to move to Hong Kong and live there now and work or something. So I heard that this morning. What's that all about? Uh, they're, they're, they've reached out to me. I should, they've reached out to me. The, the, I don't know who they would be, but Hong Kong. You know, I I work with a consulting firm that's done a lot of things in Hong Kong in the past, and they have they they've been reaching out over the past few months asking. You know, how can we attract businesses and events and everything back, you know, back here? And I'm like, you know, look in the mirror and figure it out, guys. 
If you go there, you still have to quarantine, I think, for three days. Uh, I'm not going over there and sitting in a quarantine hotel for three days before I can start doing business. It's hard enough to get over there. Well, you uh, uh, you have and, been uh, and, relentless since you've been on mm-hmm. the show of saying that every time you go to Hong Kong, it's more like China to the point it where, to the point it where you, you said it you didn't really want to go back anymore. You're, you can't be the only yeah. one who feels that way. Uh, I really don't want to go back anymore. I'm, I, and this was one of the, this, when I went to Australia last month or back in August. Uh, this was one of the few times that I had been to Asia that I didn't do a stopover in Hong Kong just to, because there's so many people that I I would need to see in person. And my firm has a we have one guy in Hong Kong in an office over there. He's our our APAC person. I think we're adding a second. But the primary guy, I talked to him about this, and he said that there had been cycles in the past where, you know, people, people start to shy away from Hong Kong, and then the government realizes they need to ease up or, or things need to get better. And if you happen to be on the ground when things start to make the turn, it is very much to your benefit. And that's what he's trying to wait out right now. I don't see how... I, I think the chi- it's different, and I know I, we're never supposed to say this, but I think it's different this time. I don't see how is is the the Chinese become ten percent, thirty percent, fifty percent, ninety percent Hong Kong. I don't see that ever going back. I mean, those guys. No, I don't either. The Z guy doesn't look to me like he's ever going to change until he croaks. Right. If but anything, anything, it's just um, uh, so. That, but you you asked about you know you, each week you mention the Hang thing and you're like we should talk about it and then I go off and. Talk about my blind dog or something instead. Well, uh, well what the, I mean, that, that really is what the issue is. But what is the what's the correlation between? I, I mean, I, I we had we had a, somebody contacted us from China a ways back and wanted us to have a brokerage firm where they could do stuff here, you know, from mainland China. And of course, we mm-hmm. researched it, and uh, uh, our friend Billy McGowan at the time was uh, unfortunately passed prematurely. Was at IB and Billy and I were, you know, we were friends forever, and we talked about it. And I tell you what, it was the most fascinating conversations I ever had regarding. Um, there's there's people that have presences. There's clearing agents in in Hong Kong, and we would just be PTI H, you know, HK. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, and and anybody who wanted to trade, but but you got to get you got to get from the mainland to Hong Kong. You still couldn't trade any of the stuff on the mainland and those guys allegedly are not supposed to be trading here anyway but they do through Hong Kong they can trade through Hong Kong so I don't remember holding nuts and bolts of it but by and large Hong Kong is kind of this uh, shall we say uh, way station for everybody in, uh, in, in on, the, on the continent to do stuff mm-hmm. and, but they're also stuck with uh, I mean we can't buy directly a Chinese stock but a lot of them are traded on Hong Kong and sort of a it's like a half-ass ADR, isn't it? Sort of a thing, and uh, and you know that's what I'm asking you. I don't know the full details of that, but but by and large, they they have taken the huge brunt of these these big firms that the U.S. now doesn't want uh, necessarily. We want to give uh, you know b- big technical issues to the Chinese are using it to build aircraft carriers against us. So all that stuff kind of seems to be falling more on Hong Kong than it is the mainland. I mean, that just at least at least in terms of the markets, is it is this political? Is it economic? I mean, what is it? I think it's just visibly what we see. That's the market that we've paid attention to in that part of the world forever and ever and ever. Um, 
And what I mean, really, I think that's what the what the issue is, as far as that's just and it's reflecting what's going on there. Their their economy is in the toilet. You can't you can't lock up, you know, everybody in your biggest cities for a week at a time and expect you know the business of business to continue to go on. But one thing, I mean, so, I mean that, that really is what the issue is. I mean, you there there, there is we know this. There is an economic cost associated with making everybody stay home. We made everybody stay home, you know, for uh, 18 months or so. And everybody needed a little boost from the government to, to get by. Well, they're still doing that crap over there. We, so, of course, it, you know, of course you. Do you want to invest in a country that is locking everybody down uh, because of COVID still? And there's no end in sight to it. And they're too stubborn to change the plans around. Well, is it? There's that. I really don't. To be, let's talk about this more for another, for another minute or two. And I have another question. Uh, I got a million questions for you always, but I don't. I mean, here, if you're, if you're not, <laughs> oh god, if you're not uh, Fauci or somebody who has some sort of an agenda, I mean, clearly, if you're if you're a normal person, I would say. I was just leading leading the witness. If you're a normal person and we sent people home with when during a COVID stage, there's houses there, there there's I'm gonna give you a shot here. There's guys like you with a executive four thousand square foot apartment in downtown Indianapolis, a whole floor of a hotel, which I know you don't have, I'm just giving you grief. Uh, they're, they're, <laughs> there's 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 sending you home is one thing. Sending uh in the, you know, I'll just pick an area Hispanic area in Chicago, where maybe the families living downstairs, where I happen to know people like this, where there's 11 people in the bungalow, sending them yeah. home with COVID, just means they're all going <clears> to <throat> you're just going to get it there, and you're never going to hear about it. So it's out of sight, out of mind. You, you didn't stop COVID. You just <laughs> you just shoved it behind closed doors, which is really what the Chinese did originally in the Wuhan project. They sent everybody mm-hmm. home, and by the way, in two weeks, if you survived, you came back to work. If you didn't. They picked up the corpse outside the back door. I know that's kind of a harsh way of putting about it, but it's not all that inaccurate either. I think either. that's pretty, pretty close to what happened. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, that's an issue, obviously, mm-hmm. huge issue. But what what about the issue of Hong Kong is, is getting the, the heat, in, unlike in Alibaba, where this was this huge listing all over the world in New York, and I imagine it was listed in Hong Kong, where, yeah. you know, for whatever, I'm going to say ridiculously stupid reason, we listed it here when when the ownership got no vote, they got no assets. You got an income stream out of Bermuda, if I recall it correctly. And Jack Ma essentially had all the assets, and all of a sudden he said something bad about Z. And who the hell knows who's got all the assets? And by the way, is Jack Ma in jail, or is he dead, or where the hell is he? Or is he on house arrest? I mean, that that's a big problem, too. And I, and I think uh, yeah. Hong Kong has taken uh, the biggest hit with some of these, you know, economic stuff. What are they... Let me say last week or yesterday. I said, I, I, did I send it to you? I did. It's about the uh, the fifty firms here that are are illegally selling high high tech stuff to the Chinese that they can use in their missiles and stuff. I mean, God, are the capitalists. We're we going to sell everybody the rope. They're going to hang us with or what? I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. How, I don't know how to deal with this Chinese situation. I really don't, Russell. I mean, it's it's so involved, and yet your regular customers. Your regular people are dying to go to IKEA and buy a shot glass for a buck instead of two bucks. Mm-hmm. It says "Made in China" on the bottom. I don't know how you. 
I don't know how you pull this one apart or, if you want, or what you do. Do you have an idea? I mean, what do you, this, this is one of the biggest messes I've ever come across. What do I do if I'm a company that's... No, what do you do if you're in a... Making stuff in China? No, if you're, what do you do if you're... If they plunk you in the Oval Office tomorrow and we have this, quote, Chinese problem, and yet if all of a sudden you said people here had to buy blue jeans from the U.S., first of all, there aren't enough manufacturers, and B, they'd be three times the price, what do you do in, in, in an inflation era? That, I mean, the first thing I would try to do is anything that would make sense, if there's any way to economically make sense to bring production back here, I'd be all over that. Uh, and I know that's so, that's so much easier said than done, because uh, there, there, there was a guy that made those uh, N95 masks down in Texas, yep. and uh, and he, he used to make them, and... You know, his costs were were like twice what you could buy one from China for. And you know, a reporter said, well, you know, why don't you, you know, why don't you ramp up that production? We need those right now. And he said, because it costs me money to ramp up production. You know, I bring a bunch of people in, we make a bunch of these masks, and then uh, as soon as this thing is passed, everybody starts buying from China again. I've got to fire all these people again. And when it all works out, I probably would lose money on the deal. So why would I do that? Well, that's uh, right. I, th- I think if you're in the Oval Office, you, I know we have something called most, most favored nation status, and I don't really know what are we used to. I really haven't heard that phrase in a long time. But, pick, you know, pick countries that, are, that share our values. And, like, you know, India. India is a giant democracy. And encourage U.S. companies to shift their production to places that you know are that, that places that don't you know openly say that, that we're their enemy. Well, what do you make of the uh, yeah. the Carl argument? Always one of Carl's arguments is that when, to the to the sense that and I'm not going to accuse you of this. The, the tree huggers of the world, the, the people on the you know, I shouldn't start up my suburban because it's, it's causing global warming. Those kinds of people. All we're really doing. Is offshoring our, our child labor and our pollution. We are, and uh, you know what? Maybe that's another. China is China is ruining the world. Yeah. As far you know, it, it, I mean, they. Uh, yeah, everybody talks about how much plastic there is in the ocean and stuff. Mm. That's coming from China. Yeah. yeah. It, it, they put it in their they, they they dump this stuff in their their rivers. It goes in the Pacific Ocean, floats down to the bottom, and then. You know, we find microplastics in every fish that we, you know, that we uh, pull well, out of the sea. One of the ladies who was here, yeah. one of those agricultural uh, uh, things, I was telling you last week about Jim Bittman was asking about Taiwan. Well, one of the ladies told me. Yeah, I, I know. You, you, you brought this up. I, I passed it on to my group of friends that used to work with, uh, with Jim. Oh, oh, Jimmy, I, 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 I tell you what, I, I love Jimmy. What about this Taiwan? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I still remember that like it was yesterday. But anyway, he... Uh, the one lady uh, who um, she was the head of the group, which is like twenty eight, the agriculture department. Sure. Um, she said, and, and, I, "I mean, you've been there, I have." And she said, "It used to be seven rivers in Beijing, or six, and they're down to one or two or something. A couple have been dammed up, a couple of them have dried up, and the yeah. the desert keeps coming closer and closer because all the cashmere sweaters, not guys like you, buy the, your cashmere sweaters. They the well, this is more than anybody needs to know, but evidently." Cashmere is not a sheep; it's a goat, right? Hmm. That's where you yep. get cashmere from. And well, evidently, if you leave their own devices, they eat the grass all the way down to the to the dirt. Hmm. And so, 
the cashmere goat farmers that are like north of Beijing, that area has become an arid. It's almost like the Dust Bowl. Wow. And, and actually, the desert is growing towards Beijing at what, 100 yards a year? To a mile or some. They've, they've, they've totally messed up their ecological system over there. Into a term. Oh, they, they, they've ruined it. Yeah. And, I mean, they, 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 there's no, and I love when, uh, when, you know, there's discussions about us, you know, being involved in, what was it, the Paris Accord or whatever that, yeah. that um, Trump yanked us out of, uh, and that, that China signs on to it. China, you know what, I, I mean, you just can't trust a word. You just can't. No. Because they, yeah, and and more power to them if that's how they want to run their country. And but I don't think we should be helping them by buying stuff from them all the time. We should just you know shift as much as you possibly can over to Vietnam. But the, but your re- other countries in in Asia. But your regular tree hugger that will 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 you know can, will uh, put themselves on the cross rather than having a you know a metal recycling place within four miles of their house are happy as hell to ship the the. Uh, the, the the metal over to uh, over to China and have it recycled there and not worry about it. Mm. And it's 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 pretty scary when you think about it. I mean, it, I whatever. I just you're right. But to bring stuff back here, I mean, even even blue jeans isn't isn't uh, is it is it the dye or is it the cotton or something mm. that's a big problem? And that's why we make them over there. It's, it's probably the, the cotton because uh, yeah. now, now, now I'm looking. I'm taking off my pants and looking at where my jeans were. <laughs> Uh, I guarantee. You. A visual well, I used to. Uh, I used to. Admit, I yeah. I get a lot of stuff from uh, uh, L. Bean and Duluth Trading. All of, mm-hmm. both of them used to have a pair of jeans made in the USA. Duluth did. They're not there anymore. Hmm. But we bought them. They're twenty bucks more. Hmm. I mean, it's you know, it's it's a, if if you go to, I mean, uh, a lot one out there. Uh, obviously, we have a lot of people in this country that. Are concerned about our the fact that we ever did have slavery in this country, not to mention the fact that there's all kinds of slavery all over the world today. We don't seem to worry about that. Still, yeah, still. Yeah. Um, and uh, but anyway, but yet if you were to if you go to Michigan City and you see the Nike store, and you see forty young kids lined up in uh, in line, I'm not going to even say what color the majority are. If you were to get a bullhorn and say, by the way, these guys use slave labor, no, nobody gets out of line. Mm-hmm. You know, no, they can care less. They can yeah, care less. Yeah. So I mean, it's unfortunately, you know, we have to, you know, somehow or another, we we got to stop fighting with each other and start focusing a little, Russell. I don't know how we, I don't know how we let that happen, make that happen. But well, I, we, we I, I, you know, it, it, I don't think I, I mean, I, I'm not overly environmentally conscious. Um, my big thing is, I always, I never ask for a bag when I'm buying stuff. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because I'm just going to turn around and throw it out. I, you know, I try, I try to be a little bit sensitive like that. But um, we're not the problem. We really are not the problem with with the world, go, you know, with, with the planet falling apart. We no. just, it, it, you know, it, it's other countries that aren't following, you know, rules. It, you know, our rules already uh, do a pretty good job of, of making sure that we're not, you know, accelerating the issues that we already have. But there are other parts of the world that are chasing currencies and. They can care less what happens to the rest of the planet as they do it. Well, I, you look at, uh, I, w- I would say that um, we had the, th- the three coal plat- plants here in Chicago. You know, the mm-hmm. one in P- the one in Pilsen was so old, and nobody wanted to put all much money in that to make it environmentally okay today. Of course, even if 
even if it, it followed all the rules, the people in the neighborhood still don't want it, right? So, okay, so it's in the middle of the city. Mm-hmm. But there was one right on the border of Indiana and Illinois where and there's nothing over there, really. What, of course, if somebody lives a mile away, you're going to say, what do you mean there's nothing over here? I'm here. But mm-hmm. I, I suspect since it was near the water, you could have upgraded that to where on a one- or two-day-a-week basis you could have at least kept the thing working in case you ever needed it. All right, so, mm-hmm. so but no, we, we got to get rid of all three of them. We do. Right, I'm saying I'm not saying I want to build whatever. I'm in the middle of the road thing on this, but yet at the same token, we're going to be happy as a clam that we're the exports of Illinois coal, which is super high sulfur. Mm. It's bituminous coal. I remember from my high school. I mean, it's, the coal that's used here is anthracite, right? Isn't the stuff that gets? That's why it comes from Wyoming and West Virginia. It's much less sulfur. No, there's still sulfur in there. It's not. It's not clean. No coal is clean. But we we we're, we're giddy about exporting. Illinois coal to China and India. Well, do, do we think there's only one atmosphere, or, or the atmosphere stops at the border? I know it, exactly. It, it's mm. not. You know, it, it's all going in the same. You know, at, it's going in the same sky. We do share a sky, and it floats around up there. And stuff that gets pumped into the air on the other side of the world eventually makes its way to our side of the world. Yeah. You know, it's worth mentioning, oh. actually, that uh, uh, according this is uh, uh, some data I found. This is from the U.S. Energy Information Administration uh, that 53% of Illinois' energy last year came from nuclear energy. Yeah. 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 Uh, second only uh, is uh, coal at 24%. Right. Yeah. And we, we, all we can't do is we can't wait to get rid of it. <laughs> so the more, the more we and make it. And I'll tell you, and nuclear is, a, I mean, nuclear is the solution. Hmm. Um, it really is. But, but can you can you imagine? Why you say that? We only got a minute. From uh-huh. from stem to stern, if you and I all of a sudden became ninety bazillionaires and said we're going to put up a nuclear plant, now we could do something like buy Zion, where it's sort of halfway there. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah. if we, st- what do you suppose it would take in terms of permits and finding a spot to put up a new new nuclear plant here? How many? How many years? My my kids might be grandparents by the time the thing got done. Yeah, mm. yeah unless, unless you could find a spot like Zion where the property's already there, or mm-hmm. or something like that, mm-hmm. or or find a breeder reactor someplace where you could put these small ones mm-hmm. and put them on the same site as the one down in uh, was it Dres Dres? There's one south of the city. Yeah, Dresden Generating yeah. Station. Yeah, I mean, I mean if you could put it sort of on the same piece of property, you'd be halfway there. But I can't imagine you going out and buying five farms and say, "Here's where we're putting it." Mm. I can't even. I, well, I can't go there. I mean, it, that's, that's finally, can you can can you imagine if we shut them all down like Germany's trying to do? Oh god, oh, gosh, it's no. pretty scary. Well, Russell, take care of yourself uh, and uh, teach away. Next week we'll talk. SP futures down twenty one. As if futures down sixty, which which isn't down very much, but considering how much we were up last night, it's a huge turn. Back tomorrow, stocks and jacks. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. CairoMed. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.